0: Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. I'm Luke Velasco. We've got Kyle Taylor here as well. We've got a fantastic lineup for you today. Imports look like they might hit an all-time high. Volume levels are starting to creep back up as our rejections. And, of course, we'll take a deep dive into some of these big lanes that have to be moving in the truckload market. So the big question is, are we in peak season? Kyle, what are your thoughts? Sorry, that was
1: so serious. I almost couldn't take you serious, so I'm sorry. I, I know you I threw me off there for a second.
0: <laughs> no, I'm, that's I'm what happens. I come home and like you know the whole perception changes.
1: Yeah, I mean usually you're 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 above me telling me how how bad my picture looks and and how everything is so unprofessional. But now look, we're equals. Um, so no, I'm glad to be here. Um, it's definitely a very interesting time of the year, uh, and we're also switching things up a little bit. So for those who have listened to us before and, and for others that have watched us on either Facebook or our website or, um, LinkedIn, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna go after some key markets today. And hopefully you can walk away from this knowing a little bit more than you did when you first started. Um, and, and this is all going to be using some of that tender data, but, um, but to begin, Luke, what are you going to let that hair grow? What's going on over there? I always make fun of you for your haircut, but that thing's getting a little long there, kid.
0: It is getting a little long. I had to actually finally put a few resources into it now. So there's actually a little product in the hair for like the first time in about 12 years. Um, you know, the last time I did that was, you know, back in high school when everybody was, I guess, spiking their hair. I'm willing to talk about that, though. Anyways. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, uh, it's definitely getting long. Um, we're going to see. We're going to feel it out. I, there's not really a plan right now. And sometimes that can be a dangerous thing. Uh, so it could be down to, uh, you know, I guess my waist in a couple of years or, you know, we could be at a buzz cut tomorrow. We really don't yeah. know. Time's going to tell.
1: Yeah, no no doubt. Well, you know, some of the key focuses that we have today is, you know, Dallas. Dallas is a, a market that loosens as the Memphis market tightens. You know, so it's a really unique dynamic there because we have historically talked about that. The Port of Houston being such a an area for companies that are trying to avoid those uh, those. Detention times and those um, those vessels at sea in the port of LA um, and Long Beach, and, and additionally, we're going to jump into some Jacksonville and and some Charlotte markets. Um, but to start off, look, you know, where are we at today? What's you know what 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 is some of the tender data saying kind of nationally uh, about what's happening in these markets?
0: Yeah, so we're going to look here in a second when that chart gets on the screen. We're going to look at tender rejections and, and volume. Uh, which is here it is right here so this is a great kind of picture of where the free market is this is a this is a year-to-date picture of the chart uh, for those wondering, so that blue line there is going to be your tender volume so that's that's exactly what it sounds like it's it's the loads that shippers need or or are requesting to be moved on a daily basis simple as that so that's what shippers need move that's your demand that's the blue line year-to-date as of this morning Um, now that uh, orange line there also, year to date, those are tender rejections. So you'll notice in the left side of that screen there, on the left axis, you'll see a twenty-two point three four in orange. That's the percentage of those load tenders that are being rejected or declined or turned down, depending on your terminology. So you know, if you think the blue line there is those load requests, basically twenty-two percent of those are being declined or rejected at the contractor rate. Obviously, that's your that's almost like your supply side of the market. So the blue line is your demand what needs to move, and then the orange line is giving you insights into what the supply side is doing. Hey, here's how much we can't move. For 22% are basically, they're unable to move, and that forces shippers, your Coca-Colas and Wegmans and Walmarts of the world, to say, okay, well, we still need some of this freight moved. You don't have capacity. We're going to have to go buy it on the spot market. That causes a big operational lift for them, as well right. as me be quite costly for them. But that's where we are today. If you notice that trend there pretty much since March... It has been going down slightly, still very elevated at 22%. Uh, a right. traditional seasonal year, we kind of float somewhere in that five to 15% range. So we're still very elevated above that, even though we've come down quite a bit over the last uh, few months.
1: Right, and and even on the spot market. So one of the biggest things that we that we've noticed probably going into August, late July, is that um, spot rates have finally surpassed, or the, or contract rates finally surpassed spot rates. And and so what what had happened is we saw a lot of bids going going live. We saw a lot of shippers that were kind of renegotiating some of their freight, and and so you know, summer being a notoriously uh, soft area. Um, this year it was it was almost like the, the complete opposite. Maybe we saw it for a couple of weeks. Um, if you if we kind of flip back to that uh, that chart that we just had up, we're we're seeing that towards the end of July into August we saw rejections almost get down to twenty percent. So that orange line really kind of bottomed out. But interestingly enough. You know what are we start? You know what is the title of this this show here today? We're, is retail season here? Are we officially starting to see another wave of capacity tightening? And and so I would say yes. So what are we seeing? We're seeing demand continue, at, probably like a small increase. I would say within a five percent increase from the beginning of August. You see there in that blue line, but to see that the um that rejections and orange and is the orange line is really telling all. It's, you know if you were renegotiating your rates, you are going to be in some hurt here here pretty soon because of the amount of rejected freight because of the, the wave of containers that are coming into the United States right now. And, and so it's only continuing now and, and now it's really getting unique into some some land level detail. but uh, yeah so that's that's one piece that really allows us to to understand carriers negotiating leverage. Right, Luke. So, you know, that rejection rate can be a a view of service, but for a carrier or broker, you know, that really tells us that I have a little bit more opportunity out there. I'm still in the driver's seat. I'm still able to make my own decisions and try to follow the money. And that tender rejection rate is a really good index to use to be able to see, you know, kind of that uh, that FU money kind of thing where I can make money doing something else.
0: Absolutely right there, Kyle. And that's spot on. And, and one of my one of my favorite indicators to look at, you know, a lot of people ask, where is the truckload market going next? Right. And, right. you know, we're not really here in the business of predicting the future, or I'm certainly not. But what I will do is I'll look at a data set that can do it for me. And imports, ocean imports coming into the US freight market is a great indicator for that. So here it is on the screen in front of us here. It's one of my favorite leading indicators because what this does, you're looking at ocean TEU imports on a daily basis coming into the U.S. over the past year. Now, this is a bookings data set. For those that don't understand what bookings are, this is, this is based on actual confirmed bookings that are being made to the ocean lines um, that are then going to get imported. So that white line there is what's scheduled to be loaded on ships at foreign ports in the future uh, that should eventually hit U.S. soil. So that white line there is really an indicator of what's confirmed to hit U.S. ports, hurt uh, U.S. soil over the next uh, three to four weeks. Um, so in a couple months it should start to translate into truckload volume. Uh, and yeah. that's you know, again, this is this is my indicator right here. Yeah, you know, exactly. And it's interesting that you bring this up because
1: you know I really like this as well. I mean, it's the only really forward indicator to understand what truckload demand is going to look like. And and for a lot of skeptics out there, we were we were talking about this earlier, Lucas that you know, though there's not a, a direct line to you know the amount of TEUs coming into the port to truckloads, maybe leave. You know, for example, the the amount of TEUs coming into the port of LA um, related to the number of truckloads leaving the port of LA. Um, but this is such a key indicator to look at because of the downstream effects of it. And we're gonna we're gonna hit on things like Memphis later on in the show. But you know that's what that's why that's so important. Um, and, and that's why even if you're not working in the port. Uh, in a port city, being in the inland side of things, going coast to coast, that's why you need to look at some of these indicators, because that's what those are going to be those commodities that are going to be for final production, going to places like Walmarts, places like targets um, to then be bought by end consumers. That's why that is such an important industry to to bring up. I'm glad you did.
0: Yeah. And, and what's exciting about that, right? You know, you know, there's always question as to, you know, how much ocean freight translate you know or how much of the trucking market actually comes from the ocean market you know you hear statistics like well up to 80% of the van market is comes from ocean freight uh less than that for the refrigerated market but still some of it obviously uh and then you know flatbeds kind of somewhere in the middle the, the quick answer is it's hard to pinpoint an exact number but it's it's a vast uh, a vastly large amount especially for the van market um comes from ocean but You hit the nail on the head. It it really doesn't matter exactly how much it is because the, you know, time and time again, we have correlated the two, right? You know, when, when ocean imports go up, we start to see truckload volume follow. When ocean imports fall, we start to see truckload volume fall. So they, they do move directionally together. As far as are they exact one for one? No, of course not. They're different modes, but directionally they move together so well, so well. But that, that's, that's, you know, we, so we've looked at truckload at a high level and we've looked at ocean on a high level. So it's clear that a lot of the indicators are pointing towards f- further upward pressure. What about on a, on a market basis, right? What yeah, about so on a lean the, basis? What do we see?
1: No, to, to exactly what you talked about. I mean, we brought up
0: Houston earlier. So
1: another market that we're going to look at is really this Dallas to Memphis lane. So, you know, drive-in rejection rates have actually fallen in the Dallas market. But the interesting piece about this is that the the getting into the lane detail, you know, we can get down into that three digit zip code using um, the the proprietary tender data that we have. But looking at a lane level is, is still so much more impactful because though rejections are falling, as we can see on the left, we can see a significant dump um, right there. Or actually, it's it's going to be on the right. Um, we're seeing that consistent fall. We're actually seeing an increase here. Um, um, or at least it's above the, where the average is for um that Dallas to Memphis lane, which is. So which price, is very yeah, what is this
0: left chart here? What does it tell us? What are these what's the difference between the blue and the yellow?
1: Yeah, so what we're looking at on the left, blue line is going to be that van outbound tender rejection index for Dallas to Memphis. And then it's going to be compared to the the van outbound tender rejection index for Dallas specifically. And so they they tie together pretty well, but um they we can see that that uptick there um, staying above where um, that that Dallas-Memphis to lane is. So it's very interesting to see. Um, and then additionally, um, as we start to look a little bit deeper on the right, we're, we're bringing in the same van outbound tender rejection index, and then we're looking at our haul index. So in red is going to be looking at really the imbalance between uh, inbound and outbound at the Memphis market. And and so seeing that tender rejection rates are actually increasing quite steadily in the Memphis market, you know, Memphis being a massive inland empire there for the East Coast and the West Coast. Um, And then seeing that, you know, haul is actually falling. So we're actually seeing more of an equilibrium imbalance here. So there's about the same amount of inbound and outbound trucks. Um, So once again, just utilizing multiple data sets here to, to then give more of a directional indicator of why this is happening.
0: This is really interesting. So what this tells me is since tender rejections, the left chart here, that blue and yellow line have fallen over the last week and a half, two weeks from Dallas to Memphis, that tells me that cares are, are they're looking forward to getting to Memphis. They want to go to Memphis. They're, they're, they're more willing to go to Memphis from Dallas. Meaning that's a good opportunity for them. And it shows, if you look at the, the drive and tender rejection rates, that this is the right chart. Now So that blue line is up into the right over the last three weeks out of uh, going out of Memphis, so sounds like they want to get to Memphis because tender rejections are going up, meaning there's a real tightening in capacity there. Prices are going up, and they're they're just now figuring that out. It's been happening for the past three weeks, but it looks like over the last week and a half, they just figured it out. No, exactly. And so, like,
1: if I'm a broker, you know, drive-in rejection rates have fallen um, in the Dallas market, which might have carriers searching for other markets where rejection rates might be in an increase. You know, brokers should be searching the spot market for dry van loads that run across Dallas and Memphis. uh, But staying firm on the bids. I mean, you got to hold your price. And since rejection rates are trending downward in the Dallas market and upward in the Memphis market, push carrier rates down to help increase margins. And and so, but look for you know we a lot of our viewers are going to be a little bit more carrier driven. You know how how can uh, maybe a carrier you know read that?
0: Yeah, so if you're a carrier, right, you know, this this prevents a good opportunity, right? Being a carrier, you know, the, the way you can be successful or more successful, I should say, a lot of the carriers that are, that are here are already successful, but the way you can continue that success further is it's knowing where the where your truck is the most valuable, right? Um, we know, You know your truck is valuable. The market's hot. There's no question about it. The question is, where is it worth the most, right? If I have a bottle of water and I'm trying to sell it to somebody who has 10, bo- 10 bottles of water. They're not going to pay me very much for it because they don't need the water. If I have a bottle of water and I'm trying to sell it to somebody who doesn't have water and hasn't had a a drink of water for two days, they're going to pay me a lot of money for that bottle of water. And that's how you have to think about it with the truck, right? We know water is valuable. You just have to make sure you're selling it to the person who needs it the most. And that's how this chart is. So the way I'm looking at it, Memphis tells me they need trucks. They're telling you we need trucks. Rejections are going up. Look at that blue. Gosh, chart on the right. That blue line is up and to the right. That's you want your stock portfolio up and to the right. Well, you want rejections up and to the right if you're here and you want to go there. So go to Memphis and you should see some pretty good results there. A lot of the market conditions in your favor push those rates higher. You should be able to have a good day. Um, and if you're yeah, a shipper there, exactly. that's, and if you're a shipper in Memphis, that's the reality of it. So give your carriers a little bit more lead time. You know, give them more notice so that they see your freight before they see anybody else's and and maybe you can come to a better agreement yeah no exactly and, and tender lead time is a really unique um,
1: benchmarking application that we provide to the market so using that tender data we also see when those tenders are going out versus the actual pickup days so a lot of shippers you know there's there's levers that you can pull and when price is not a lever and you don't and you're trying to stick pretty heavily or you know stick really hard to where that rate is for budgetary perspectives you know you got to think about extending those lead times and you know, apply downward pressure on your carriers um, you know, if they are working directly with carriers, uh, especially as the market's loose. It's th- that for a shipper, that's how you you really know. Otherwise, your brokers are going to continue, you know, charging you the same amount of money. And what are they doing? They're pushing down on carriers. They're they're expanding those margins because they have you set up the same dollar amount. Though you're not seeing downward pressure on your own rates, you you can bet your you can bet your bottom half that the the brokers are, are definitely pushing down heavy on carriers in those kinds of situations
0: absolutely and by the way uh Kyle we're, we're in the trucking industry you don't have to say a lower half here you know you can you can say what you really want to say <laughs> I, um, I, I,
1: I saw the word coming in the back of my head and I just didn't know if I was going to commit or not and clearly I did not
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's okay next time we'll give you another opportunity um you know, there, there was another there was another key lane uh that the Daily Watched referenced t- today this morning that I was very excited about. And that was the uh Atlanta to, to Jacksonville, I believe. Um I when I was moving freight, I actually used to move a lot of freight north out of Atlanta and then it would uh, go to uh, Florida, sometimes Jacksonville, sometimes Lake Lynn, but that whole area there. And um everybody talks about how Florida is really bad and sometimes it is for a Caribbean, but There are isolated times when it can actually be quite nice and nobody's thinking about it and you can take advantage of it. Now is actually an interesting time where you can take advantage of the Jacksonville market. Remember, everybody says that Florida is bad and a lot of the time they're right. Now is a situation where it's actually looking quite nice.
1: No, exactly. Well, and let's be real. I don't. I don't really consider Jacksonville, Florida. Um, at least from a okay. perspective.
0: Okay. It, so listen, listen, Kyle. We don't need to get into like your turf, <laughs> plan, war for warfare here, in Mister Tampa, Florida. Like it's an extension of Georgia, is
1: what it is. <laughs> That's like me um,
0: saying that, like you know, Knoxville is not a part of Tennessee. I mean, it's not, but like it is at the same time.
1: Well, I would say the inverse. I don't think Chattanooga is part of Tennessee. Maybe Chattanooga is still a part of Georgia.
0: Um, Chattanooga is absolutely essence, a part of Tennessee. Is. Hey, listen, we don't pay state income tax. Not that that's what this conversation is about. That's a big big distinguishing factor.
1: That's so true. But no, to your point, you know, there's a big decline in Jacksonville's tender rejection rate. That's been really driven by a decline in outbound demand. So Jacksonville's outbound tender volume index has declined 14% in the past week. So really seeing that there's a drop in demand, um, you know, for for brokers, I mean, despite Jacksonville's becoming slightly less attractive um, for carriers, the rejection rate in the lane is followed by, you know, followed the national pattern showing a slight decrease. Um, Therefore you should probably moderate with your bids um, as you're probably uh, most likely for most of your uh, lanes declining some or not declining, but, you know, putting downward pressure on your rates. And so that's, that's a similar effect that we're seeing there as well. And we're seeing that both in the, the tender rejection on the left hand side so looking at just average freight average percent of freight that's being rejected by carriers so we can see is on a on a little bit of a decline um after that little bump towards uh the middle of august um and then really head haul is, is is staying quite low still at about 20 so that's really the difference between you know inbound and outbound but definitely very very interesting to see uh you know a downward trend there
0: yeah you, you hit the nail on the head there so you know on this chart you're you're absolutely right it has softened a little bit but you know, notice tender rejections out of Jacksonville right now at 34%. While that's down from the over 40% it was a couple of weeks ago, remember that the national average is around 22%. So we are still significantly above the national average. So it's still, while it, you're right, it has loosened. And if I'm a broker, I need to push carrier rates down from where they from what I was paying two weeks ago. Um, you know, this still tells you that it's still relatively tight compared to the market at large. Um, right. So. Anyways, still a decent place for, if you're a carrier to be still a decent place um, not as good as it was a few weeks ago but still still great and uh, it, and if it's like you said it's following the national movements directionally anyway so if we start to tighten up further could start to see some some impact especially when those import imports start hitting hitting the inland areas here which could happen again over the next month or so um no exactly I think that's why you'll probably see a little bit of that as well Is is that
1: you know Atlanta that Atlanta market has a ton of optionality. So when you're thinking of going from Atlanta to Jacksonville, yeah, it's it's not that attractive um, per se, but it, it, you know, the moment things, because it is following the national, you know, the moment things start to tighten up, we can only expect that it'll start tightening up in that market as
0: well. You're right. Now, Kyle, uh, we talked a little bit about this. This will be the last lane that we look at here, but we we talked a little bit about Memphis earlier memphis has the destination what about what about memphis as the origin point what do we have going on there
1: well memphis is is really unique so one it's really that massive inland empire for both the east and west coast so a lot of you know when we're thinking of first all, i love how energy. you're
0: saying inland empire like i know that's an official term but it's very official here it makes me the empire
1: strikes back you know it's, the empire uh, of
0: the inland yes no.
1: No, it is the king of the inland rail rail lines. Um, No, so when when we're talking about the inland empires, it's really the massive markets coming from the ports that are really driven by the railroads. So these are areas like Ontario. These are areas like Jacksonville, Savannah, Atlanta. Um, Areas that are just off the beaten path because of could be a number of things. Could be um, uh, retail prices of uh, the the cost to warehouse your 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 freight there could be a, a number of things, but Memphis has one of the, historically been one of the the top areas just because of the the railroads have have such a density there. So, uh, with that in mind, you know some of the things that we're seeing is that the rejection again rejection rates have jumped. So it's actually a little bit of the opposite of what we're seeing in these other markets. So with Memphis being the destination now from from that first lane that we saw you know it was really good you know Dallas to Memphis you that's a really good lane that maybe you take a little bit less money on because you're going to get into Memphis why tender rejections went from 21% up to 32% over the past 3 weeks and and so and it's actually on a on a slightly lower uh, tender volume so there's a little bit less demand and rejections are higher that's 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 exactly what you want for, for a carrier I mean, you, you should be looking for lanes like that because you can expect a, like a resurgence of an upward pressure on spot rates and and with no signs of slowing down from what we see. Um, you know, Charlotte, on the other hand, being the destination and becoming an easier lane to cover compared to many others in, um, that originate in Memphis um, over the past few weeks. So rates are increasing as well as a strong outbound demand growth. So. Um, it, it's may, it may be playing a, a huge role, especially going from Memphis to the
0: East Coast. Yeah, I love that. Let's go ahead and pull up the chart here for us. So I think we're looking at uh, uh there it is, Memphis to Charlotte. So th- this is interesting here. So we've got let's look at focus on the left half, left chart here. You've got in blue is just overall tender rejections out of Memphis. So we're sitting, you know, right at twenty nine percent and change. Um, now memphis tender rejections from memphis going to charlotte is in blue and it looks like or excuse me is in uh is green so little over 30 percent there so a little bit higher than overall uh out of memphis and then right. uh, tender rejections uh out of charlotte are, are actually below 20 percent. that's that orange line there at 19.98 so the way i would interpret this is Tender rejections are very high going to Charlotte. And a lot of that could be due to Charlotte right now. Um, actually, you know, is, is is a little bit of a backhaul market right now. Uh, interestingly enough, you don't have a lot of, the, you know, which is surprising for a lot of folks considering the size of Charlotte, but it's a bit of a backhaul market right now. So I think those rising tender rejections are, are simply because carries just, they have better options to go than Charlotte. right? And yeah. Which could be driven Charlotte. by like
1: the long haul, mo- long haul moves. So like you're seeing a convergent, here where these, you know, Charlotte's outbound rejection rates are moving in a different direction or the opposite direction actually of tender volumes. So, you know, that's, that's something that really indicates, especially for our Sonar subscribers, those are the signals you're looking for. Those are the things that you create an alert for within Sonar to tell you, Hey, there's going to be a notable impact on capacity. Higher rates are coming. That's how you're, you as a carrier, you make that money. You know, that's how, you know, you can expect um, spot market activity to increase coming out of the Memphis market in this lane. And then Charlotte's outbound demand growth has mainly come from the combination of long haul and short haul loads. So, you know, do not expect higher outbound rates out of Charlotte, but contracted demand is on the rise, which can be a pressure on that backhaul as, because it is a backhaul market. So, you know, that's something that you w- really want to look for because going out that way, Charlotte's to your point is, has notably never really been a huge head hall market.
0: Right. And, and you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, look at this chart on the right. Uh, orange line is Memphis outbound volume, which if you look at the first half uh, of there, so March, April, May, uh, way higher than Charlotte. And then Charlotte's just been on this big run up over the last couple of months. And it's maintaining, it's holding them steady right there with, with charlotte i mean like you said if that if that maintains or continues we could see a capacity crunch and again carriers will eventually figure it out and they will start changing the way that they do business because of that until it yeah, changes I mean, car-
1: carriers figure it out real quick when those brokers when they start saying yes too quick right you always love that as a broker when the carrier is like yeah sure and you're like all right got the rate just on um and and so you know that's definitely what you look for um in these markets and And as we continue to push forward, I mean, Luke, you've probably seen it as much as I have, our predictive rating tool is looking at really double digit increases over the next three to six months um, as we start to prepare prepare for retail season.
0: You're absolutely right. And it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens with that. You know, like we said, obviously the imports are going to be a big, big reality. Um, But there also has to be capacity to, to move those imports and to get them off the ships. Right, that, right. That's another part of it that we haven't thought about. I was talking with a sh- I talked with two shippers and one of them actually had a positive outlook with it, with all the imports coming in was uh, he told me that at least we're going to have goods to sell on our shelves. So that takes care of that part of our supply chain. He also <laughs> said, the thing I'm worried about is, am I going to have capacity to move it?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean I don't think it so I mean at the end of the day when you're when capacity becomes an issue what happens rates start to go up it's, I mean it's a classic econ 101 um, it's you know if I need to get that shelf if I or if I need to get that product on the shelf I'm gonna get there any way as possible yeah I'm gonna may have to pay more but at, at the end of the day it's better than just warehousing goods that are just gonna go on sale in two months um, and and so that's how we maintain some of these margins and top line I mean shippers left and right I mean I was talking to a very large um uh shipper as well that specializes in like ag uh styles of um automobiles i don't know what to call it yeah i was talking to john deere the other day um and they and that was the one thing top line revenue is through the roof yeah i mean it's it's same i mean they're a public publicly traded company so we've seen that in their earnings report as well we're seeing that really across the board if anyone's been tuning into what andrew's been saying um on on some of his podcasts i mean top lines booming for all these retailers now supply chain costs cost of goods serviced however they split it out eh, that might be a little bit higher than we expected
0: yeah no i've been hearing similar things sales is not the issue it's you know hey we got to have our supply chain keep up with it all uh, truly, truly, truly remarkable things. Interesting times. Well, I'm excited. Listen, like I know we're right here about the end of time, but it's been really exciting. We've got some more good stuff coming up next week, as so we'll continue to look at this. We'll keep you updated, too. We'll we'll keep an eye on some of those imports and see see what right. progress that they've made, if that, if that trend has continued. We'll see if it's impacted uh, truckload volume at all. Sometimes it takes a couple of weeks for it to translate into truckload volume, but we'll keep an eye on it there. Uh, we're also going to keep an eye on rail volume. Rail volumes have actually been, been decreased in a little bit, which is had told us that they don't really have capacity to move a lot of that import volume. So, again, that could push more of that over to uh, truckload. But anyways, uh, Kyle, been an absolute pleasure. Uh, We'll see everybody here next Wednesday live at uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, for another great show.